Hello and welcome to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. In this series, I'll be chatting to friends about their mental health, how they cope, their support systems, advice they've learnt and advice they'd like to pass on. On today's One in Four, I'm talking to Lorna Hayward. Lorna and I have known each other for about 20 years. And like me, Lorna is very open about her struggles with mental illness. In our episode together, we talk about drinking, piss up her ladies only night, small wins, including Sainsbury spa breaks, and just in general about anxiety and OCD. Hi Lorna, how are you today? And I mean, how are you really? Not just, yeah, yeah, everything's fine, yeah, I'm good. Proper, how are you? Okay, so this isn't actual, I can't just say, yeah, I'm okay. Um, no. So, I, well, I guess I felt a bit flustered, if I'm honest today. Do you know what, I've been in, I've been in a good mood. I've just felt, yeah, quite pressured and flustered, just because work is quite busy um I had to pick up some work um once the kids are in bed just just you know picking up three children from various locations the usual life stuff but um I would say also as an overview I feel happy which I think is quite a a positive for me (laughs) not my mom is miserable but you know (laughs) And so, Lorna, what's our connection? Why are you here today? Uh, I mean, where where should I start? Where should we start? (laughs) Let's start with the gym jacuzzi. Um, (laughs) So, well, we know each other from way back when, where I grew up in Henley-on-Thames. You know, you were, I I don't know, did we we meet through my brother? I think so. I think he was through your brother, wasn't it? We all kind of were intertwined in the pub drinking. I worked at the local gym in the crash. We we just had all had a huge bunch of mutual friends and there was kind of that era, wasn't there, of us Mm. all just hanging around and drinking and going to the gym and playing hard, working hard. So that is about 20 years ago, I think we said. That's a long time, isn't it? Oh my gosh, that's... (laughs) The weird thing is, I don't know about you, but I feel, I definitely in my body feel ancient and battered. But actually, you know, I still do feel around 28. Like I think I'm still 17 in my head. Well, I, was um, being, I was being, trying to be a bit more mature about it, but yeah, let's be honest. Uh, I, no, I'm not mature at all. Apart from the fact that I don't drink anymore. Um, I'm yeah. still, no, I gave up drinking in January. Um, wow, well done. Thanks. It was mainly, um, well, it was twofold. It was because my anxiety was so bad um, mm. and because my hangovers were so bad. That well, I, yeah. it's, it's whatever keeps you going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I think, do you know what? There's been many times when I've considered that, you know, listen, I'm well aware of the effects that alcohol can have on anxiety. And I've certainly in the past used it. You know, there's that thing where it's like, oh, I've had a great day. Today's been brilliant. I'm going to have a glass of wine because I deserve it. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, I've had a shit day. I'm going to have, so there's that kind of self-medicating, self-soothing mm. thing about wine, which, you know, I've always been aware of it. I've always, you know, I'm, I'm still aware of it now, but I do feel like there's always seen, or at least for now, there is this element of kind of, I still have that control over being able to, you know, step away from it when mm. I'm feeling my greatest. And it doesn't seem to give any more symptoms to me personally 
good, which is, yes. you know, I know it's for a lot of people it does, but, um, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there have been times where it hasn't helped, but yeah, I feel kind of at least on that side of stuff, uh, I'm so sort of aware of it in a way, you don't drink anymore, or, you know, I've had like amazingly close friends who has gone the other way for so I guess I'm conscious of it I'm conscious mm. of its presence within anxiety as well yeah I just I just had enough I'd, it kind of it was a bit like smoking for me I just I'd had enough and I just went right that's it I'm not going to bother anymore so Lorna what's your mental health story I don't really know where to start actually because I don't really think I had had a well I don't feel like I had a story until I probably started taking medication I definitely did have a story I don't think I fully was aware of it um and how it had probably uh, been affecting my life for a huge 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 amount of time that was I guess when I when I think I'd gone back to work with Marnie um after Marnie and I just I think I unbeknown to me was obviously suffering um, with some form of postnatal either depression or or sort of post-traumatic um, stress from mm. my birth and that's also I think was sub like also included Elsie's experience as well so we're going they were quite short you know windows between me having the girls mm. um, so I'd so, sort of unbeknowing again I didn't know you know I just sort of probably suppressed these feelings and emotions and anxieties and trauma from Elsie then done it again with Marnie and then yeah. gone back to work to sort of you know reappear as the same Lorna that appeared before mm. once again uh, she rises from the ashes of like shit and puke and it's the same Lorna and it's like I can't do this I just felt like I was kind of drowning in it all but actually I would say I have probably suffered from some form of uh mental illness for a long time before that and actually I say mental illness weirdly kind of uh, a bit sort of oh mental illness because I read something recently and someone said, you know, we all have mental health, but we don't all suffer with mental illness. Yeah. You know, and I think we all, it's the same. And it, it's so simple, but it really resonated with me because I've never, ever thought of it like that. Like the same with, and I think again, you, it's such a simple way to look at it, but you think of physical health mm. and then you have, you know, physical illness. So and I literally think I saw this possibly three weeks ago and it really struck a chord with me because I guess there's mental health advocates, there's mental health awareness, but mental illness is something mm. that, um, well, listen, we were meant to record this podcast, what, twice before? And yeah, I think so, yeah. And, and both of those occasions, I was uh, mentally unwell. Yeah. Um, and even now after you know and I think we said before I'm very good at dishing out advice to other people and but you know taking my own advice is another and I think we all kind of um I think it, it's inherent in all of us isn't it to be like that but yeah I find it sort of amazing how much now that I have discovered about myself through like therapy um and just through being less and it it sounds so wanky but just less ashamed I don't care as much anymore mm. about how I am perceived 
when I talk about mental illness, because it is, no matter what, I still know people in my life who just like twinge a little bit when I talk about it, or, you know, they're uncomfortable. You can't blame anyone for that. You can't be pissed off with anyone for that, because it is, it's taken me a hell of a long time, and I actually am in it. You know, even if you're, if you're not in it, I think... It is, it's, an, it's still, no matter what, it's, uh, it's an uncomfortable subject for some. Not for everybody, but for some. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's why I'm doing this and all the other mental mm. health stuff I, I do now. And, you know, mm. I think I've said it many a time on here that I think people are probably getting bored with me harping on about it all the time because that's all I ever talk about. But I love it. So that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> so your mental illness, how does that manifest itself? Well, I would say... More often than not, it's um, with acute anxiety and mm. anxieties and OCD. And I would say OCD in the form of kind of controlling things, yeah. um, needing um, that sort of order and control before I can kind of, I guess, even cope with like noise. So mm. whether it's or loud noises or they, they've definitely sort of manifest themselves in that way long term and and I would say of late um and I'm yet to probably I touched on it I think on my Instagram slightly but that during lockdown I definitely I mean I'm actually finding it hard to even say which is really ridiculous but um because depression has been around me and um lots of my life but um yeah I definitely fell into depression uh for a while within lockdown which I didn't again realize I was in that state because I was unwell and then that I guess man, um, sort of presented itself in I was very paranoid I was very uncommunicative which is yeah <laughs> very unlike me um, and I was low but I'm also quite high functioning anyway so I think even in those moments of uh, sort of that long term where I guess it was probably around six weeks I still felt, I still function quite on a high level. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I think what I was suppressing was kind of these really dark thoughts of feeling very, very sad, feeling very paranoid about my surroundings. And yeah, I mean, it was only through my therapist who has been like absolutely pivotal in kind of me changing is the wrong word but you know finding help and how I just kind of move forward with my life with this with living with it because it doesn't just bugger off no exactly no and I think you know you've fallen into quite severe depression and I again with her and her support we just spent time talking I increased my medication and I saw a psychiatrist as well who sort of reviewed my medication and, and it was all hand in hand and that's how it's always been for me. Because you've said on Instagram, I think, that um, you've been to more than one therapist and, you know, you've tried, you've been shopping for them, but now you've yeah, found a decent yeah. one. Yeah, and you know what, I, I think back to like, even, you know, when we used to live in Henley and I, um, I definitely know that I saw a couple of therapists when I was younger and actually even now I'm a bit like, I don't know what that was for. I can't remember. I, I definitely remember like there's those weird moments. I remember just, you know, going to this house in the middle of the country somewhere and either driving there or getting dropped there and talking and, 
you know, sort of being, and I think that happened a couple of times and it being the same thing that we sort of started from the, from the family. And it, it, and that's just not how it ever worked with, with my current therapist. And, yeah. and I saw the therapist actually, I think it was around the time that I, um, you know, I sort of ended up, ended my last job, my last full-time job. Mm. Again, it was, it, it, for someone that would have been great. And I just think you, it sounds so wanky, but you just don't know, I guess, until you meet that person. Sounds yeah. like about the love of my life, which actually, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would just marry her. Until, until I met her and then, you know, and I remember, I remember having my first um, session with her and I remember her just being like, you talk a lot. I was like, how rude. <laughs> From then on in, it was kind of like, it, it set the scene of, you know, she was never going to give me an easy time. And, you know, listen, I saw her throughout the whole of my pregnancy with Reggie when I was probably, again, quite unwell. It was hard work. She pushed me really hard, like, and especially for, you know, she said I had to be really careful because, you know, you're pregnant. And in some cases, I was like three weeks away from giving birth and having really hard sessions. But, um, you know, I, I genuinely don't think I could have made as much progress as I have with my mental health if it wasn't for the connection that we have and the understanding, the trust. I didn't know where, you know, I didn't, I couldn't, I can't prescribe that for somebody else. And it's, it's frustrating at times because, you know, I might get um, an email or, or a message and just be like, you know, I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And, and did I, you know, I started the same way as anyone else did, which is the counseling directory searching by postcodes searching by symptoms searching by what I felt I needed yeah and I got lucky second time round, I guess but it's really hard you know and I've, I've since recommended her but that could easily someone could walk in and they could be completely the wrong match for each other I mean it is like does sound like online dating but it is a bit though isn't it because it is somebody that you've got to gel with and if you if you can't sit there and divulge your Mm. innermost thoughts to somebody comfortably then what is the point yeah and I think it's connection is um you know hugely important um so now you're obviously you're a mum of three um, yeah. and you have started a new job re- quite recently after yeah. um, after freelancing for some time and mm. um, creating Piz Up, which, yeah. which unfortunately at the moment is not going ahead, is it, for a little while because of this bloody, bloody and, COVID. Uh, one thing I'd say about Piz Up is that it's just the most unsocially distanced <laughs> you know what until we can do it properly if we can do it properly yeah. then I, I'm good to to kind of good things come to those who wait and it will happen if, it, if it's meant to happen no I completely agree I mean women booze and dancing there is no social distancing yeah. there even Absolutely. if even if you don't drink there's no social distancing Absolutely. There. <laughs> I did three of them heavily pregnant and there's I always have women who are either pregnant or I've got loads of, you know, yeah, I actually, that's the thing. I think remember one woman saying to me, like, you don't, you wouldn't even need to drink here. I think it's just, there's such a, a nice uplifting atmosphere of women and being within a safe space with women that it's, yeah, it's something quite unique. So did that, did the idea of Piz Up come through your own sort of longing for something because you were feeling low with your mental health or was it just because... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that kind of 
you know, I'm probably sure if you go away, it's that sort of need for wanting to be a part of something, be mm. that kind of the, the cool gang at secondary school or the clique of NCT. You know, I never quite made it in any of them. Mm. Uh, and that's not to say that wasn't my objective, but I, I'm, I, can, I know now that in the back of my mind, that's where it definitely would have ste- it stemmed from because I think it was all, always having pockets of like amazing women in my life but maybe not always being able to since having two children necessarily spend time with them as I would have liked and I kind of there's something about an en masse like gathering that I've always found quite comforting Mm. which is why I think I always thought like solace in this whole oh my god NCT once I've had the kids is going to be my thing you know we're going to have like a big group of like like um continuous friendship that will last until whenever you know that never materialized and and which I'm now sort of at peace with because you find friends along the way in for me even better circumstances um I think yeah just from that it became this whole well you know when you well we should try and catch up with that person then you're trying to catch up with another person I was like oh you and I had this kind of longing to still go and listen to like some decent music even it was just a playlist on the first one anyway Mm. have a bite to eat but I didn't want to go out for dinner and just have that sort of really sort of safe social space with women but that wasn't like a because we're we've got two kids and we're over the age of so and so it means we have to go out for dinner and we don't really want to like let loose anymore I was like oh maybe I'll just put on like a night and I don't even know if like why I gave it like I think I gave it a name because of that because I was going to have to it all transpires through, I guess, hiring, um, you know, a space. So therefore, yeah. I had to put it down. So therefore, I had to. Was like, I need to kind of actually get money from people. So therefore, I'll put a cost against a ticket, and therefore, I need a name. It just all sort of happened very, I guess, organically. And yeah, what what was thirty three of us in um, a local cafe down the road was well. In fact, I can't believe it's nearly a year. But you know, was it four hundred and fifty? Wasn't it last year? <laughs> Brilliant. Which is, bonkers, which is bonkers, you know, and it just went from having a playlist with kind of the music we all sort of like and Jamie, my husband, who DJs in his spare time. So I was like, oh, could you just come along and play some tunes in the background? And then the next one, he was actually DJing. And then the next one, some people started da- sort of made their own dance floor. And then the next one, I was like, shit, maybe I actually need someone with a dance floor. Oh, brilliant. It just happened each time and naturally and organically. And I think that's why I sort of, although it's sad that I haven't been able to fulfill the next one and, you know, the tickets were sold, I just think it will happen. But It will, it will do. And when it does happen, it will be even more special. Well, yeah, when it does happen. It'll be a riot. <laughs> so just going back to um, your, so your coping mechanisms and support, and support obviously include seeing a therapist, but what other things have you got in place um, on a day-to-day basis or you know, just in general? Do you know what? I should, I should definitely have more. <laughs> I'm a bit crap at that. If I'm honest, I am yeah. a bit crap at um, refilling my own cup for want of a better expression. I sort of, I think part of my, it's difficult to explain, but I feel like what makes me feel more comforted is, is giving out to others or serving others. And that's mm. sort of, fulfills my worries and fears and anxieties in my head 
but I definitely got into a habit which I've fallen slightly out of just because I've been settling to a new job of just small small wins and those small wins are a bath in in quiet listening to a podcast at the end of the day when the house is quiet because I said sort of noise is is massively triggering for me and I know do you know what so many people say like that's such a wank word now everyone uses triggering but I try to find a different word and it's kind of well that is actually the word that is actually the word that is what triggers Um, you to yeah yeah so and and I guess if anything um this is something that you know I've spoken about with my therapist which is Mm -hmm. just trying to remove myself from scenarios um if I can if before they get spiraled taking a little moment to breathe or if my kind of at the time my mind is in such a sort of were and so busy I need to kind of have the house in a certain order or I need to I can't leave a certain job because it's just someone's poking me and it's just the the noise in my head is putting a podcast on or music on and just doing that getting that job done but while sort of filling myself with something else to listen to and to enjoy I think um Mondays and Tuesdays I've had like a bit of a loose scenario of bringing myself up to our bedroom and just getting into bed at like eight o'clock and not necessarily you know I might sit and watch some absolute shit on the telly yeah but just kind of like I don't know just putting myself to bed and just I do we do that though here because we we have a tv in our room and yeah frequently we will go up at about half eight and with a cup of tea we have our bedside drawers are always full of biscuits um oh, and yeah. that is that's a bit of self-care for want of a better phrase that, yeah, you know, is, and we yeah. just and we'll put on most recently we've been watching Married at First Sight Australia which is oh uh, yeah I love the most it. amazing trash and literally that is downtime for us. And it's amazing. Have you seen, um, I've been selling Sunset. I mean, I'm devastated. Don't. I know. Kind of I think in those Monday, Tuesday, and the week starts ramping up. And I kind of think Monday and Tuesday nights, and they're just, you know, and I think even when it was nice weather, surrendering to the, feels really, really good. So yeah, there's moments and, you know, we've talked a lot, I think, to be realistic. And I think that's something that, you know, like try and catch yourself before. And it's like, that's very easy to say. Um, But for me, I find that incredibly hard to manage my anger because Ah. that has been quite uh, prevalent in my, in my moods and emotions and something that I've worked really hard on in therapy, catching yourself before you kind of blow up because you're completely, your mind is overflowing. And if someone then you know, in the nicest possible way, you say to me, Lorna, I just, just go out for a drive, go out for a walk. I will be like, I'm not going anywhere, you know, because mm. you feel pressured to do that. And rather, and it's very easy to say, or, you know, try and catch yourself in those moments and give yourself that time. But it's really difficult in, in a house with three children and, you know, a partner and work. It's, so I think, yeah, being realistic with it. So those Mondays and Tuesdays, early night watching trash in um in bed having a bath um or on a saturday you know i want to spend time with our family but at the same time being really realistic about i think i need a bit of space i love coffee like a really nice coffee just going and getting a coffee and going to sainsbury's on my own like literally going to sainsbury's on my own is like a fucking spa break it's just 
wandering the aisles listening to like some old school garage i might as well be in ibiza done <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> kind of small wins i think yeah absolutely that is that is a good one though um what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received whether it's from friends family a therapist joe blogs on the street that you've bumped into what's what's Ooh. the th thing that's stuck with you I don't even know if I could say there's one thing, but there's something that I've definitely, and I couldn't even tell you who told me this, but there's something that I've settled into, um, probably especially post-pandemic lockdown and, and subsequently me being depressed and, and feeling happier again, is, is just like, it's okay to just say no, and it's okay to have boundaries going back to what we were talking about before recording wasn't it about boundaries and it is massively important isn't it boundaries friendships boundaries with family boundaries with work boundaries with my children you know honestly I think that for me and and you set your boundaries boundaries are different for everybody we're all we all work in our own weird and wonderfully mysterious ways and I think my boundaries are not going to be the same as anyone else's. If, if I know what they are, and if I can, if I set those boundaries myself, when I'm posed with a difficult situation, whether that's with my own family, my extended family, or friends, I feel like referring back to them, honouring them, definitely has helped me of late. Not, not, oh. this is only really recently. It's amazing how your first question was, how long has mental illness you know do you think affected you but I don't honestly think I've understood myself until very recently how so how deep it goes so I would say boundaries so finally Lorna what piece of advice would you pass on to somebody oh I'm never good at answering like you know the one sentence uh questions with one sentence <laughs> I think it's just just reach, even saying reach out, it's so easy to do when you're in the moment and you're when you're low and when you're anxious. I spoke to very few people when I was not feeling very well recently because I guess for fear of needing to then update them all the time. But I, but I guess if I was to say something, just try if you can to, you know, hold on to something or someone that you can talk to, even if it's just one message don't be afraid of ever thinking that what you will say will fall on kind of deaf ears. Because if you're speaking to, I would say anybody these days is open to talking about mental illness, mental health. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really difficult one to answer for me, really, because I, I, I found myself even of late with, the, with as much knowledge as I have, I guess, shutting down because... Yeah. It's easier not to speak to others, but if you can, I guess this, the one thing for me is just send a message to someone and just say, I need, I need to talk. I need, I don't feel well or, um, and just open the conversation. I think send that's, DM. I'm forever having like DMs and just sending out my number, just like WhatsApp me. Oh Lord, it's been lovely chatting to you and catching up after a very long time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, my love. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Take care.
You've been listening to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. Please remember One in Four is not intended to take the place of professionals. If you need help, there is a number of services available to talk to in the show notes on SoundCloud.